Watson with the keeper. The game is never over till the end. He's in! Whenever that clock strikes zero. 15-yard touchdown run for Deshaun Watson. There is no offseason. Nuke with a TD catch! For your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Starting 0-3 and winning the division, it's a monumental achievement. And now we have to build on it. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. What trips him up for a sack? Oh my goodness! Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. We're not inside NRG Stadium tonight. We are downtown at the Houston Sports Awards. Texans All Access. Yeah, we're here because everybody's here. This is a phenomenal event. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris. And right off the bat, yes, sir. a man who will be presenting this evening, Oh yeah, Andre Ware joining yes. us. This is the band back together yes. like it should be oh, all the time. I like this. This feels good. It, yeah, it does, This man. feels just, good. It feels whole. You know, we're, we're all together. Yes. I didn't say this to Mark on the way over, and I was just thinking about, you know, what are the potential guests? And I remember thinking as I left the studio coming up here, I thought, what if we got Trey in the first second? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, Can we get are. everybody together? Yes. What are you presenting just, tonight, just by the way? Just make the call. College Athlete of the Year. So uh, that's, it's fitting. It's it's uh, kind of in my wheelhouse a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So uh, <laughs> oh, I have to talk to you about fun. this. All right. So you know what I never do? I never prep Andre Ware. And tonight, there's a rumor that I'm going to be presenting this award with him. And, and <laughs> Yes, indeed. And so I thought, I, I thought, and I've done this before. I've mentioned this. So Doug Flutie, when he left college, okay. left as the all-time leading passer in NCAA history, right? Yeah, it was over 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now he's like 60-something. They're you throwing know, it around now. Down. Throwing right. it, yeah. throwing it right. around. But Andre, his Heisman year, threw for 4,700 yards, right? Yep. That was, a, at the time, a single-season passing record. Not since it's been broken with the numbers yep. and the rules and everything. However, that number is still top three this year, last year, the year before. That yeah. number would hold up. Now, this is 1989. Sorry, Trey, I had to give your age away. But that's pretty phenomenal stuff. You guys were putting up some gargantuan numbers back then that still hold up today. Yeah. And just think if you played in the second half, too. In the second half? or Wait, you left a year early, too, right? I did, yeah. And so then, I had and, another year left. And then Klingler goes nuts. Yeah, he goes nuts. It, it was great. I you would have had all those numbers. I made sure that they were left in good hands with David taking yeah. over. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was one of those deals where uh, timing is everything, and right. you're kind of uh, ahead of the curve, and, and the way offenses were changing, and and uh, just showing up on campus at the right time when the run and shoot was was uh, in its infant stage, and, and we uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Okay, when you're going through it, when you're 19, 20, 21 years old, yeah. you're probably just okay. Who's next? Let's see how many yards we can put up. But did you understand how groundbreaking it was at the time that you guys were putting numbers out there that nobody in college football, you're watching a college football game in 1989, and you would see three backs in the backfield, yeah. and you guys are run and shoot all over the place. Did you understand at the time what no. you guys were doing? No, because uh, you know I was kind of fascinated with it right off the bat because, you know, in high school, if I threw for 100 yards, that was a good game. <laughs> and if we threw it over five times, that was a good game. Yep. And so you get there and you're throwing it 30 something times in the fir- you know your first start and you throw for this many yards. It's like wait a minute. And it got to a point where I developed a routine. I would not break routine. Yep. Every week on a Monday I did this, Tuesday I did this, and I just wanted to make sure it happened again the next week. So I had no idea what we were doing. I was just going to keep my head down to the end of the season. Let's figure out, you know, total it up then. Let me know then. 
Well, it's just incredible that those numbers still hold up today, yeah. and it was not done very often at all. In fact, you got to go back, you got to go up to the 2000s to yeah. see guys who are regularly throwing for 4,000, 4,500 yards, right. even in college. And, and the NFL is going nuts now. Yeah. You know, 5,000 yeah. yards, Mahomes, 50 touchdowns. Well, they're playing 16 games. They should throw for 5,000. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, the Clemson guys played 15 games. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Dre, you being from Dickinson, Greater Houston area, Derek King from Manville. What does it mean to the University of Houston to have a local homeboy play quarterback for them? Well, it, it, it means a lot because that, that uh, not only do you get players that want to follow him and, and come to the University of Houston, you get a fan base as well that want to continue to watch Derek King throughout his college career. Hey, let's drive up the road and, and check him out at, uh, at the University of Houston, which has outstanding facilities. The stadium is outstanding. And uh, you couldn't have a better representative of the university uh, in terms of on the field, both on the field and off the field. When he went down, I was you know, a crush, not, yep. certainly not as much as he was. But uh, I got his number right away, sent him a text, and made sure that uh, he knew that you know, there were others that were watching him, watching how he was going to take this and bounce back from the injury and come back stronger uh, even more so next year. All right, thoughts on the Super Bowl. We're, by the way, we're at the Houston Sports Awards, and it's a great event. And, I mean, everybody in Houston sports appears to be here. And so many great awards are going to be passed out tonight. I, I tell you what, we know inductions. we're in good company when, when Dr. Lowe is here. Dr. Yeah. Lowe is here. I so know I'm in the right place If anybody place blows out a knee here, we're no in great doubt. shape. We are in good shape. Yeah. 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 See, you guys don't get the opportunity down <laughs> yeah. on the sidelines. Dr. Lowe comes and hangs out with me. So oh, oh, that's, yeah. that's the I opportunity I, I get down on the sidelines. I knew yeah. I was keeping good company when I was messing around in the gallery and I fell into a couple of stores. Oh, Dr. Lowe just left. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I'm in the right place. I'm shopping in the right place. You got that right for yes, sure. Yes, indeed. I'm There's at the no dollar doubt. store, and he's not there for some reason. I'm not sure why. I don't know. All right, Super Bowl, what would you think? I actually enjoyed the game because it's a change of pace where you got to have uh, an appreciate for, appreciation for all facets of the game, mm-hmm. and that being high scoring and as well a defensive battle. And I thought both coordinators, Wade mm-hmm. as well as uh, New England's defensive coordinator, I can't Brian be Flores, drawing Brian a blank Flores, right yeah. now, Stop Brian Flores, called a great game both mm-hmm. did for the first half it's low scoring and uh you just got to have an appreciation for if you love football then you love every every bit of it no matter if it's 45 42 or three to three at halftime at some point i started rooting for no first downs no score <laughs> i, I kind of did punch just a bunch of three yeah, and i was rooting for punch because i just wanted i, I kind of wanted the world the football world to strike back yeah. at the 54 well, to 51 crowd with the rams that's yeah for sure. well, well i mean we heard only i mean if you're wade phillips you're like 13 points didn't uh, do it wanna, you know what I, <laughs> hey if wade could get wade on just ask him hey at some point when you're shutting down new england what are you thinking about your own offense? Like, get it going. Yeah, you know, somebody make sing. a play. Just a get, touchdown. Oh, no just, doubt. Just one. Get us a touchdown, and then we're, we're in good shape. We know what to think about Tom Brady after that game. We had a Tom Brady-like game. It wasn't one of the greatest he's ever played. What do you think we learned, Dre, about Jared Goff in that game? Anything? Are, I don't if know. If you're a Rams you know, fan, are it, you worried? That is, a, that is a tough environment. We we never I never played in one, but I got one game away, and even then it was – uh, stressful, uh, a long week, but that's his first trip there. I got to believe that if they're able to keep, keep that group together, uh, they may make a couple of appearances there, and who knows, he may eventually break through. But until you do it the first time, you don't know what the expectations are. So now he knows. He's played in one. The expectations of, of being a little calmer 
and, and getting his footing a little early in that game. It took him a while to actually get going in that ball game. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Rams and, and you look at Sean McVay, if he is as good as everybody says he is, he's going to learn from this and improve upon it, well, and that's just what happens. Here's what I'll ask you guys. When we went to New England to start the season, that defense didn't look anything like no. it looked in the Super Bowl. They and got better. That was the surprise <laughs> for me yeah. is that they were able to play that way in the AFC Championship yeah. game against Kansas City, a high-flying offense, mm-hmm. and then certainly in the Super Bowl. When you give Belichick two weeks, I guess that's the result that you're going to get only giving up three points. Well, I think the, the other aspect, too, I think there were some players for New England that took their games to a different level. I think one important one was Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. I think Gilmore in week one still had even a year being in the system. I don't know that he really, but about halfway through the year, he sort of found himself. Yeah. And he took on the challenge of Brandon Cooks and really kept Cooks in check for the most part. But then you saw Jason McCourty. Yep. He became more part of it. Dietrich Wise. Dietrich Wise. Trey Adam Flowers. Butler, you know, all those, the defensive line that was getting push and pressure without having to blitz. Cal Van Noy getting, getting home Van on a Noy couple of Van Noy was phenomenal. And they, were, they were off. And that front seven was phenomenal for New England. Dre, this is what I say about it. To me, the Patriots are, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. You don't find a bunch yeah. of pro bowlers other than Gilmore for the most yep. part. But they play so well together, knowing the role of each guy, what they're supposed to do, being able to adjust. Why don't you come tell my basketball team that on Saturday morning? So, you know, yeah. you know you're, you're not individuals. You play right. better as a collective group. But uh, yeah, Your son's in that group, yeah, so we, we know that we, team is pretty we'll good. Be, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Man. How's he shooting the rock? He's shooting it pretty good. You know, uh, it's, we just got to get him on the floor and get him going a little more. He'll all be fine. I know that you will not miss a beat coaching him. No. So uh, coaching changes for the Texans, just your – 50,000-foot reaction. Well, I know that, uh, you know, Coach O'Brien and Brian Gain aren't going to bring anyone in here that they don't feel fully confident about. So uh, they're doing what's best for the uh, for the organization, for the team, and for the development of Deshaun. And so uh, I've heard glowing things uh, about the new quarterback coach. And, you know, when you have Russell Wilson going to battle, you know, going mm-hmm. to bat for a guy, then you know it's okay that uh, that he's coming in and uh, he's gonna be, Deshaun's in good hands. All right, my friend. Well, it's great to have you on. We're going to present tonight. Yes, indeed. Let's um, have some fun and enjoy the evening. We'll improv. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll we'll think of something. It's a surprise. Okay. All right, man. Surprise. Joining us right now, stepping up to the microphone, (laughs) it's the chairman of the Houston Texans, Cal McNair, getting ready to join us. And this is a real Oh, we're changing out headsets. You know what? Let's take a quick timeout. We'll change out the headsets. We'll come back with Cal. We'll do it all right here. It's Texans All Access from Hilton Americas. And we're at the Houston Sports Awards here on Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. All right, we are here at the Houston Sports Awards, Hilton America's Mark Vandermeer with you. John Harris will be back in a moment. It's kind of crazy, everybody coming in on the blue carpet as it was, and, and a prominent Houston couple walking through moments ago and making their way toward the big room. It's Cal and Hannah McNair, Cal, the chairman of the Houston Texans, and 
Welcome, folks. I got you both at the same time. I know this is awesome, but what's so bad is now Whitney has walked in here, and you'll you'll kick me off and put him on because he is wonderful. On the radio, I wonderful I would not man. do that. I know you have to get to your table very soon, but, <laughs> but Cal, let's start with the coaching changes, and then I'll zero in on some other things. But your thoughts on that on the coaching changes of the Houston Texans heading into 2019? Well, it's a really interesting time of the year where we get to focus on the coaches and how to try to get better. Of course, we're trying to do that on every aspect uh, through the building in this time of year. Uh, but right now, we've uh, kind of concluded the coaching area with Carl as our quarterback's coach, a man with tremendous NFL experience. He's worked with all different kinds of quarterbacks in all different kinds of systems and they've all played at a very high level under him. So he's a real asset to our group. Uh, we promoted Tim Kelly to a coordinator mm -hmm. who is a bright, young, rising star in the NFL, and our fans will get to see that. And uh, Carl will help as well as a quarterback. Carl's been a former coordinator, um, so he'll help Tim in that in that capacity as well. So it, it, I think it'll be really good for our staff. It's great to get 2019 rolling, really, after 2018. And how do you sort of deal with that? Because it was a very successful season. AFC South Championship, 11 wins. I know the playoff wins. game didn't yeah. go as well as you wanted, obviously. But you have to feel very encouraged about a lot of what you saw this past season. 11 wins. We had a little bit of a slow start there. But the, the guys are rallied and had a just a tremendous run, a record run, you know, of the nine wins. And uh, when you look back on it, it was really a lot of fun. I hope our fans enjoyed it. Um, and then to come away with 11 wins at the end of the season, wrapping up the AFC, like you said, and looking back on it, one of the really um, things we got to focus on next year is we were two minutes away in Philly, uh, and they're backed up on their 10 of getting the second seed in the AFC. So we were really that close to um, being in a better spot than we were. And um, we got to focus and get that done. So tonight here at the Houston Sports Awards, the event of the year, one of the nominees is the Texans Monday night victory over the Tennessee Titans, a night in which the Texans honored your oh. father, the passing of Mr. Bob McNair. And, and what is your feeling about that as you come into the building? You see a tribute here for him and and you're up for that award tonight. I know it's a whole lot. It's about a whole lot more than that. But as as the passage of time continues here. Well, is it, that was part of the year as part of is an emotional year. Um, and that, that was a big part of it. And for our fans to come out and so show the support that they did and have that game was just really um, emotional, very emotional mm -hmm. uh, for me and for our family. So we really yeah. appreciate that. And it, it was a, a true highlight, you know, of, of football memories for us. Yeah, yeah. very powerful. Your very mom powerful. loved it. Yeah, she loved really it. loved it. Mm -hmm. yeah. She loved it. Hannah, I know it's always a big year for the Lady Texans, and yes. you know you're always out and about. But you just recently had another child. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> I'm losing count. I know uh, <laughs> a little girl, three boys, and now a little girl. And we were surprised, Mark. You, you were know, surprised. No, we didn't know until she was born. But you did you want a girl? Like, was it like I have to have Do a girl? You know, it's in, it's interesting because I always wanted four boys. Really? Yes. Oh, and, so we're going to keep going here. And I, I thought here. for sure, oh, I'm having four boys. It's been, you know, what I've always wanted. So for sure that's what I'm going to have. And then We knew for sure. I mean, I bought boy clothes. Boy. I had everything planned for a boy. And then yeah. she came out and 
changed our world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's always There's so many more clothes, I will tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, everything's different now. You can't yes. take too many of the hand-me-downs anyway. But yeah. I know it's always, um, you're always out and about in the community and everything. Yes. And that's going to start up pretty soon as well. Yes. Right? And, if, you know, uh, women's initiatives were really a passion of mine and young girls. And now having a daughter of my own, I mean, it's even more so. It's amazing how the depth has even deepened more. Mm. And uh, I just, it's important to focus on women's initiatives. We focus on children. Um, we're out in the community just trying to make a difference and show the love. And really what people want is to be seen and be loved. Mm. They just want love. So well, that's what we're doing. It, the Texans, the, the yes. Texans are always about spreading the love in the community, doing that's great right. things for Houston. That's what we do. JJ Watt is up for, uh, or he won already the Sportsmanship Award from the Houston Sports Awards, and Whitney Merciless is here on deck. And he, of course, was a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee this past season. Watt won did it he, last year. He great won Spirit man. of the Bull Award too. Yeah. yeah yes, great, he did. Great young man. But how does that make you feel, Cal, when you see so many of your athletes out and about in the community doing great things, and the Lady Texans too? Well, we, we were at an event last night and had a number of our players and former players there. They're, they're oh, for Deck My Room. Deck yeah. My Room, yeah. yes. Excellent. And so, um, and, and that's for kids that have cancer to go in and brighten up their lives there while they're in the hospital for extended stays. It's in the DNA of the Texans, right? Cal's dad started it, and mm -hmm. it's in the DNA to go out into the community and to help and make a difference, and that's just what we do. And the guys embrace it, and they, they um, are out every week. Uh, doing that in the community, whether they win or lose, that's right. You know, they still go out there because uh, they they love where they live and they they love uh, being here. They do care so deeply, Cal. Your message to the fans as we get ready for another football year. The football year officially begins in March, the NFL year. But I know you guys are already rolling. Yeah, we're rolling. We're working hard. Um, like I said earlier, we're, we'll, we'll examine everything and uh, try to get better in every facet, in every corner. Mm -hmm. Every minute that we're awake and trying to constantly improve, we know there's some spots that um, our, the, our fans know, and we're on the same page with them. Some areas <laughs> we, can, we can improve on. I know you all know where those are. <laughs> and we'll use all our resources. We have more resources this year than we had last year mm -hmm. to improve the team. And we'll use all those resources in all the different ways, free agency, the draft, undrafted free agency, throughout the whole season. Uh, we'll look at trades and doing it, whatever we can do to get better. Uh, Brian Gain and, and Coach are fully embrace that, and we, we'll do that to get better. Sounds great. Cal, thank you so much for joining us. Hannah, thank you for joining oh, us tonight. Thanks for having us. All right, and let's let's make it a habit, shall we? Go Texans. Yeah, go Texans. <laughs> Rock and roll. We'll do anything for you, Mark. <laughs> All right, thanks, thank Mark. you very much. Cal McNair, Hannah McNair, here at the Houston Sports Awards at the Hilton Americas, the event. I think it's about to begin or beginning. I don't know. We're going to be on the air till 7 o'clock. So whatever the situation is, we will deal with it. See Kevin Walter making his way in, former Texans receiver. How about how many former Texans are around? Texans legends. I be kicked off. All right, voice of the Texans. I get, right. I get back on, and I'm bringing right. friends. All right, you're bringing Whitney I'm bringing Merciless. I'm bringing friends, Cal, good to see you. Got our good buddy Whitney Merciless. Why not? He's just getting back from the Super Bowl. He's still socializing over there with the McNair. I know. I can't blame him. I think I asked that. all the questions that would ask him on the air, off the air. Oh, no. So I got Wait. the real answers off the air. No, we'll get some good answers yeah. here. No, no, these... 
These guys are genuine. Look out for the yeah. That carpet's going to get you wet. Be careful. Oh, uh, no doubt. He yeah. went with the three piece suit tonight too. This yeah. is very cool. He's for, getting. You're getting a lot of uh, good run on Twitter too. By the way, some think you're the best dressed here. Uh, oh, really? Man, dang. All right. Well, yeah. I did not pull this together myself. I had some help. I totally That's avoided. Right. <laughs> I didn't do the blue carpet. I did the side entrance carpet. <laughs> okay. I did Back the door. same. <laughs> I did the Goodfellas Steadicam scene entrance to this event here downtown. Hey, how was the Super Bowl for you? That experience, Walter. Peyton, Man of Damn. the Year nominee and all of that. Man, it was cool. It was cool. Just uh, meeting all the other nominees as well, too. Uh, seeing what their causes were, mm-hmm. uh, how it went, like what they're passionate about and uh, how far their reach has gone in their communities and all that. And it's amazing. I'm inspired by it. Uh, just to progress and grow my, uh, my outreach through my foundation and uh, really reach more children with disabilities and all that. And so it's really inspiring to see that, and like, all the guys in the NFL. And that's just a, that's just a sliver of the guys. Yeah, you right. know, you can't, like, you don't see every other guy on the team. And that's doing great work as well, too. And, uh, I mean, just going to the honors itself, just seeing some of your favorite players that you, you know, you, you know, like, you watch, all that, yeah. uh, meeting some of the, uh, some stars as well, too, over there, mm-hmm. and uh, meeting some uh, great legends. Like, I got a chance to uh, – I mean, I got a chance to catch up with Ed Reed uh, yeah. while he was there because he's inducted now. Um, and also, like, Ty Law, Chan Bailey, like hey, those guys. in the same locker room with Ed Reed for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to think about that. When he told me that, I went, oh, yeah, Ed Reed. Oh, wait a second. You guys were teammates for, yeah. uh, for, uh, for a sliver of time. Was there anybody you met at the Super Bowl that you were starstruck? Let's see. A man, Howie. Howie Long. Howie Long, yeah. Yep. Saw him. Uh, starstruck by that. Oh, Steven Jackson. See, yeah, remember running, running back, back for the Rams? Yeah, yeah. I grew up watching him, man. That's true. Yeah, he was yeah, good. Yeah. That man, he was good. And I was like, man, I cannot believe this. This is awesome. So, Wasn't he on a lot of bad teams, too, and he would just yes. blow up? Oh, yeah, he no was doubt. so great. Oh, yeah. He was the Rams offense. Yes, he yeah. was. That's oh, yeah. right. For that long. I, I always think that in this, and we do something very different from what you do, obviously, but <laughs> I think this applies, too. The guys who you watched before you were in the business, yep. those are the ones that get you starstruck. Even oh, yeah. You're, probably, you're meeting all these other stars in the game today, but you're playing against them, so yeah. it's not as big a deal. Right? right, exactly. Exactly. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And uh, that's exactly how it was for me, like, mm-hmm. getting a chance to meet, like, Ty Law, Chan Bailey. Like, uh, me <laughs> and my cousin just raved about those, those guys right. and all that. Uh, I'll say even Ed Reed. I mean, it, it, having a chance to be in the same locker room as him, yeah. I was starstruck then. Still starstruck yeah. that he's now going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Still. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, you were on the field. We talked about this a little bit, but I want you to expand on this. You were down on the field for the game. Yeah. That had to be pretty tough. <laughs> I know the honors was really cool. They had you guys out yeah. there together. They give, you know, J.J. presents Chris with the award at yep. the game. But being on the field, seeing the two teams on the sidelines, is that pretty tough? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, we, you know, when you have a chance to get there, it's even tougher. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking to guys like Mark Ingram. Uh, let's see. I, I seen Drew at one point. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, at one point. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can only imagine how tough it is for those guys as well, too. It's guys like, guys don't go to the game, really. They, yeah, like, we could watch the game at home if we yeah. want to. It's not really mm-hmm. any point because we play the game. And, yeah. you know, when we're in the playoffs especially, like, we got a chance to make that push. But being there on the field, it's like, 
It's like putting salt in the wound, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I mean, when it was in our building, mm-hmm. being oh, in the press weird. box was so oh, yeah. horrible. Oh, this still gets him because the Patriots, the Patriots were in his press <laughs> My box. Booth. My his booth. booth. Oh man, his My booth. booth. Oh. So I just had to get out of there. I couldn't even handle it emotionally. Oh. It was just terrible. And then oh. they win the game that way in his booth. Oh, defensive mind- players have to be rejoicing about that Super Bowl, though. Oh yeah. Huh? I oh. mean, all this talk about 54-51 and these high-scoring games, and yeah. then it's thirteen to three. I mean, I can see how it was boring, no doubt. You know, but <laughs> as a defensive player, like I <laughs> it's love a good the kind defense. of boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good kind of boring because I'm like, oh, they're doing his dad, their job, like right. up front, rushing the passer, uh, DBs, they're shutting it down pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, not letting the run game get established. Uh, so it was really great to see all like defense come up and like really win championships and whatnot. With the last couple of days, we've been talking about the coaching changes on the defensive side. A couple of guys added to the coaching staff that you know very well oh, that yeah. you can speak on. Akeem Dent yep. coming in as defensive assistant, and then uh, some guy named uh, Cushing. You might know <laughs> oh, a little that bit guy, that to guy. the, to the uh, strength and conditioning staff. What about the two guys being added in particular? Because I know you know them very well. Oh yeah, man, it's really cool to have have those guys back in the building, and uh, man, just what they bring to the team, what they've always brought in our locker locker room and also the meeting room too they're just going to apply it from a coaching standpoint and to have that great rapport with them uh it's going to be going to make it even that much more fun uh looking really forward to it i, I know it's going to be crazy especially with kush because uh <laughs> especially in the uh the weight room <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh, he's he's gonna gonna how that's gonna but, go. he, but he goes from teammate to coach, coach. I'm still not calling him Coach. All There's right, no I'm just making no sure. Way. Coach hey, Cush ain't going yeah, to fly. Just listen to how that sounds. Coach Cush. Coach Cush. Yo, Cush. Coach. I, you know, I wish I was sitting with you, Whitney, because I want to hear you evaluate food. You know, you, the restaurateur. Ah, uh, yeah. How has your food knowledge expanded over the last five or six years? Ah, uh, man. Amazingly. Like uh, the football now, knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, straight up. Like, now I know what I eat sometimes. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, whether it's like chives, things like that, that's in a dish, or like mm. uh, a polenta, stuff like that. You can that. identify things. Yeah, exactly. Like you just taste it and also the spice as well, too, mm. to pick it out of there. Sometimes I'm always off, maybe, mm. um, just depending. But uh, it, it's gone up tremendously in just describing food, whether it's like velvety or, mm. uh, you know, you're getting like, uh, you know, aromas of like, I don't know, uh, a, a rose or something like that. So, like, mm. kind of describing it is a. Uh, has become kind of uh, my own culture, yeah. <laughs> and I've adapted to that in, in some way. At the Super Bowl, did you kind of have that same feeling as you're going around to different parties or going around to different eating <laughs> establishments? <laughs> yeah. Are you kind of scouting it out like, oh, no well, let's see what they've got? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, I'm, I'm just going there. Okay, you know, these lights right here, they're a little too dim. Oh, uh, the scene, well, how's the energy? The energy's the a little flat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so which fifth are we on now? Fourth? Mediterranean. It's, uh, so is that the fourth or the fifth? Third. Third. Third, okay. the fourth is coming up. Okay, Wait, what happens when up. you get to five? You stop? Ah, man, it's stop or continue on. Really? Yeah, you got well, the option. Remember, the whole is greater than some of its parts, Mark. You mentioned that with Dre. <laughs> well, and with Chris, you never know, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, the uh, you know, the landlords has uh, opened that option up pretty early to, oh, I see. to say, hey. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, what are you hey, guys going to do? You know, All right, wait. Wanna... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it on the table right now. I'm telling you what's a killer idea. Breakfast. Oh, oh everybody breakfast. Loves breakfast. I love breakfast. Oh, but well, breakfast too. for dinner in a really chic way. Yes. Yep. Oh, Thank you. But call Thank it you. Whitney's 
Milkshake Emporium, okay? Because <laughs> shakes are in. People will automatically go to a place with milkshakes. Well, oh, you oh, will. Maybe that's not good, huh? I don't know. You I'm going to work on But that. breakfast. Breakfast oh, hey, is I'm good. with you on that. Everybody loves breakfast. Who doesn't? Yes. I love breakfast, especially when I'm eating at night. I can imagine I can imagine <laughs> yeah, Chris no. come up with something. Oh, yeah. There's breakfast no doubt. Dinner. I mean, yeah. gourmet breakfast. Think about it. Gourmet breakfast. Bring him bre- I want to see what he says. <laughs> I want to know what he says about this. You get some fresh toast on that table. You will not. I mean, the way that thing's going to be dress you're gonna be oh, like yeah. man there's no way this is breakfast right here i'll tell you what i'll be there in a second in a second all right we know you got to go eat thank oh, yeah. you very much appreciate man, it no all problem right. hey appreciate y'all whitney merciless is here at the houston sports awards john harris and i will continue the program as they're getting ready to hand out some hardware tonight it's texans radio i'm bill o'brien and you're listening to texans radio for all the latest news and videos on our favorite team check out houstontexans.com Back to more Texans talk on Texans All Access. Boy, this is uh, Name Dropper's Paradise. And oh, since I'm a uh, junior varsity name dropper, I mean, my gosh, we just saw Kim Olajuwon walk by. Brian Cushing was hounded earlier yeah. uh, because he's taken over as uh, strength and conditioning assistant coach. And we'll see if, um, you know. We're, char- we're, we're working. Uh, we'll we're see if he does that's, his own, the, that's the word in the business. We'll see if he does efforting. his own radio show eventually. Like, <laughs> could you, you know, Coach he could Kush do hour. it. No, we could do it. We could do it weekly. The, the weekly assistant strength and conditioning coach show. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> is going to play. You imagine putting that on a piece of paper and sliding that across the desk yeah. to your head coach and going, we'd like to yeah. do this. Because mm-hmm. remember that time that we went to Washington and we, we got to listen to the RG3 Moms show? I mean that was uh, right. Oh, the RG three mom show. That was, was that, that was, was the most bizarre radio show. That was awesome. I, like, could not you RG3's imagine show? RG three's mom. RG three's mom. Yeah, it was her show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that would that. be very popular with Coach O'Brien to have a um, a uh, Brian come on around here uh, to have a quarterback's mom do a show. Yeah, right? that or be any good. player's mom. No. you know, unless she was already an established yeah. uh, show host well, radio or tv you know it's interesting now that we bring on our next guest because yeah. at that same training camp is mm. when i had i had this woman walk up to me and i had no idea who it was and she started talking to me about some of the great things that i'd written and she loved how i talked about her brian, her brian. <laughs> and i met <laughs> brian cushing's parents they had a good conversation with oh, him at that man. same training camp and i asked her i told her that story about rg3 mom show and she's like no i wouldn't do that yeah, she said she wouldn't do the show. No, she just likes giving some input and getting out of there. So it sounds about <laughs> sounds about like my mom. Yep. How excited are you about this opportunity? Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've, uh, you know, kind of just dove into the opportunity and, and just excited to be back around the building, around the guys. Um, clearly missed the game. Yeah. You know, and, and if I any to be back in any form or fashion um, was something I wanted to do. Brian, what was the biggest thing about? <clears throat> being away from the team last year like what was the what was the most frustrating aspect for you um locker room during the week mm-hmm. and definitely sundays um and uh just watching the games and still thinking you can help yeah um still thinking you can play and uh, I, that's one of those things i'll never go away it's, it's just the passion of, of feeling the emotions when the game would come on and, right. and hearing the national anthem and, and seeing the opening kickoff and it's like a complete adjustment to just tone it back a little bit and yeah, because it's the first down. time since you were, like, a baby. I mean, you Eight, probably don't nine, remember yeah. not playing. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's definitely tough. Um, 
it is a transitional period. But, you know, I think as, as quick as you can get back up on your feet and, and figure something out that you are determined and motivated about, it's, it's just the best opportunity and, and chance you have. Have you talked to other player, former players yeah. about, and had you, about the adjustment of not playing? Sure. And you were probably hoping, like, well, or seeing what was out there. Yeah. I, I imagine this decision didn't come overnight. Right. Well, you know, with uh, two of my previous linebacker coaches, I had Johnny Holland and Mike Rabel. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, two guys that I can lean on tremendously for that. And, uh, you know, the one thing about playing is you never know when you're going to be done. And you think you're going to play <laughs> forever, no matter what people tell you. And, right. you know, that's kind of some of the uh, experience that I hope I can pass down to some of the guys. Um, just kind of, you know, I'm not saying this is your year, but have an idea of what really, you know, gets you going in the morning. Um, so you can transition easily and, and hopefully do something that's related to that. Um, and then uh, D'Amico Ryan's also. I still talk to D'Amico probably once a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's coaching out in San Francisco now. He loves it. And uh, was one of the first guys to text me after he heard the news and, and kind of figured that that's right up my alley and something I, I would do quickly. Brian, we were just talking to Whitney a little while ago. So just so you're prepared, he's not going to call you Coach Cush. That's fine. Okay, just, <laughs> just making sure. That's fine. But along those lines, and, and this is kind of weird because I had the same situation happen with your head coach because we were teammates, and then he became our graduate assistant while I was still playing. So it was weird for a little bit of time, and then we just kind of realized, okay, this is the way it's got to be. Right. You kind of thought about that? This, these are guys you played with, but then all of a sudden you've got to be – the instructor, the leader, absolutely. the coach, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, clearly the job comes first. You know, I have a job to do, and I have to, to relay that as best as I can to them. And, uh, I mean, the, the guys on the team are great. You know, they've, they've kind of always, I think, had an idea that I'd probably uh, get back into coaching in, in some form. You know, so just seeing them in there, obviously, uh, initially, uh, it, it's a lot of excitement, a lot of happiness, and just it, both ways. Um, you know, I'm just thrilled to be back there and see the guys. You know, at the same time, I... I do have to bark some orders here and there and, yeah. and kind of, uh, you know, get them in line. But, you know, they are all respectful and, and just great guys all around. Well, you're the all-time leading tackler in the history of the franchise. Been around a long time. So I imagine there was some coaching on the field that you did as a player. Yes. Helping out. In the weight room, Whitney talked about, oh, boy, the weight room. So in the weight room, that dynamic of being in there with the guys. Yeah. And even Seth talked about, hey, on a Monday after a game that – ability to work out that ability to push guys to work out when right. they might not want to that yeah. that kind of thing's got to help from you it does i i, I think uh-huh. and um you know just having to, gone through it mm-hmm. um having led by example when i did played um showing guys that it can be done a certain way and uh you know whether it's it's monday or, or sunday it, it's a work day anytime you're in the building so you know get the most out of the opportunity you're there right we talked to coach o'brien about your role and he said one of the things that you also would help with is sort of that rookie transition. Sure. Because you've gone through that. Yeah. You're first-round draft pick. You go through that transition of becoming a, pro- a professional. And we always got the impression from Coach that he just loved the way you attack things as a professional. Well, how important is that part of your role when guys come into a building, coming from college, where they were, they were the dude, and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, hey, you got to go to work now. Right. How, how, how important is that part of your role for this team? Well, you know, I just uh – the way I look at it is just kind of keeping an open door policy. You know, any guys that want to talk to me about anything, I'm, ex- I'm excited to. Um, you know, I had a, a lot of good mentors when I came to the league. And um, just being able to share my experience and let them know really how unbelievable an opportunity this is. And this is coming from someone who uh, played almost a decade. And uh, it was, you know, kind of over before I knew it or I anticipated. And uh, make the most out of every single day you're over there. Um, obviously, like you said, there's a, a transition from being a rookie in the past six months before being drafted 
um, coming in being told how great you are. Yeah. Right. And so you come into a building with established football players in the National Football League, and it's kind of an eye-opening experience. Um, but you also at the same time have to ease into this um, and just really keep an open mind, learn as much as you possibly can. And, you know, the good opportunity about that is there's a ton of different guys with different backgrounds in the building that can all kind of share that experience in different ways. So, you know, if one guy's not getting through clearly to you, it doesn't mean he's wrong. It just doesn't, it means that you guys aren't on the same page. So you know, there are a lot of other guys, too, that can kind of relate with people better. Um, you know, I just, I just hope I can be one of those guys. Brian, one more for you. You made so many plays as a Texan. I mean, I could list them all here. Well, maybe not all, but a lot of them. <laughs> but it's funny because like Andre Johnson, you know, Andre made a ton of plays, but one of the most lasting memories is Cortland Finnegan with him. Sure. And one of the most lasting memories with <laughs> you is, going, yeah. is yeah. headbutt. <laughs> right. So how do you recall that? And where do you stack that up in terms of your personal memories on the field? I, I mean, it, it's a different memory. Mm-hmm. Um Probably not my proudest moment, but at the same time, I kind of, I, I, I think if anything, I just kind of showed how serious I was about my job, and yeah. I was really willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, winning was the number one thing to me in the world. Um, you know, and it was kind of a switch. And when I went on the field, it was, uh, it was on, and it was full go. Um, and that's uh, that's really just the mentality I've had playing the game ever since being a little kid. I was just so happy to be on a field, and then mm-hmm. so happy and just humbled again to be on a field for my job mm-hmm. um, and to just keep that in perspective every day about, you know, uh, how grateful I was for the opportunity and um, just wanted to make the most of it. Brian, thanks a lot for joining Absolutely. us. Have a great night tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for Very having well me. Very well said. Appreciate you guys. All right. Brian Cushing joining us here at the Houston Sports Awards, making his way over to dinner as uh, they're going to get things started, start handing out the hardware. Like we said, we're going to keep it right here for a few more moments. And, Johnny, what Brian said was very poignant i thought about about retiring and moving on to that next phase i mean the way he talked about loving being on the field i I, my heart went out to him at that moment because i thought and i've talked about this but i don't know i didn't play you did like i can still broadcast for a very long time you know god willing you know you got to stop like he said you got to stop playing at some point and that's got to hurt and for you it was in college yeah and and i know that had to hurt because you were playing since you were a little kid yeah i at least you know for me i think one thing that he said that stood out to me was it, when you get to the NFL, you you never know when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I knew I could kind of prepare myself for it. But even when oh, it was, mm-hmm. even when it was over, I remember when I got my first job, I was actually in coaching and coaching these middle school kids, and they're like, "You're in charge of them. You got to do this." And I remember going to our first game, and I felt like I was playing, and that and that's when I really, that's when I really really missed it. I missed it at that moment, and I was like, whoa, I wish I were going out there. Not obviously because I want to play against middle school kids, but just <laughs> put the, I would wreak <laughs> havoc. I would dominate. <laughs> just to put the gear on again to go out there with my teammates and look them in the eye like, we're going to make this stop. We're going to make this catch. We're going to make this play. That, that's a feeling that not, a lot of, not everybody on this earth can do when they realize 11 guys have to go out there and they have to all be on the same page and they all have to execute each particular job and then when the ball is snapped, it's unbelievable chaos. And I think that you live in that chaos for so long, you're so used to it. And then when you're out of it, you're like, whoa. So I can imagine for him tacking on another, what, almost 10 years after college mm. is, and I, I can imagine what that was like for him watching last year, team having success. You know, linebackers are playing pretty well. But even when Zach went down, it's like, Coach, I'm, I'm ready to go. I can go in. I can imagine he probably felt that way. And our buddy Ted Johnson used to say this, and I, I, used, to, I used to totally agree with this. 
He used to say, I got three plays in me, no matter what. Whenever you need me, I've got three plays. That's it. Yeah. But I've got three plays. And he always wanted somebody to just call his bluff, if you will, to just give him a chance, just three plays. And I'm sure that's the way Brian feels. And I would imagine he probably feels like he could have more. But that's like that's what I was thinking about. Well, about Brian was about Ted because that was always his thought. Give me three plays. That's it. That's all I want. I just want three plays to go back out there to put the gear on, to strap it up, to call my defense, and to go find the guy with the ball and bring him down. There's just something about that 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 was such a part. You said he's the all-time grading, uh, the all-time leader in Texans in tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he did for ten right. years, and all of a sudden it's it's done. Like whoa, I think he's found a great role, and it's it's funny because. I think I sort of found myself when I got into the building because I was around a team again. Yeah. And I think that's the way he's going to feel. It was only a year, but you get that feeling of being around a team again. Right. Because that's really what you've been doing when you've been playing football is you've been around a team yep. every single day for every single fall, day, month, whatever whatever it is. And then that's the part that's gone. That part is gone. And the, how do you replace that? That's that's really difficult. I love it for him that Yates and Dent are yes. also joining the staff at the same time. Yeah, you that's know, really that You have cool. former teammates, guys you know, that are doing that. And because you mentioned it, you're with a team, and it's not just the players. It's the coaching staff. That yeah. that kind of is your team. You Absolutely. know, you're, you're the management now. So it's a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> it's a little bit different. But he'll mix it up with these guys. It's going to be good. I, I I found tonight, you know, it's funny because I came down here. We didn't know exactly who we were going to have on yeah. the show. No, to have Cal on the show and hear what Cal's vision is for 2019. And he talked about, I know what the fans want, and uh, we, we are aware of it. And uh, we're on the same page in many instances. You know, he was yeah. saying stuff like that. I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm sure the guys on 610 will be running that audio. and We'll have it for you as well. Yeah. It, you know, the one thing that I think people don't or sometimes miss is that Cal, Hannah, you, me, I mean, obviously, they own the team. We work for the team. But it's, it's our team. We, we, we want what the fans want. We want to go win a championship, too. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're, we want to see. I mean, talking to Whitney about being down in the field at the Super Bowl, I thought it was interesting. He mentioned as we were talking, one of the guys he talked to was Drew Brees. Yeah. And he just said Drew was just oh, irate. Still. Just irate still, you know, two I'll weeks bet. after the fact. So it's. It's what everybody wants. We all want to go win a championship. The fans want it. We want it. The players want it. Everybody wants to go win a championship and do it. And I think each year that goes by, it just becomes that much more, I don't want to say important, but it just becomes that much more of a, oh, let's go get this How thing. about this? 31 teams feel like crap, Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you could say, all right, if you're in the regular season and you're Cleveland and you know that the playoffs are – not going to happen, yeah. but you have a, an encouraging year. You might have a little bit of a different feeling right now, but you just feel, you know, everybody feels awful when they end the season with a loss that knocks you out. I mean, it just doesn't feel good. Now we're moving on already. I get it. Changes are underway, but you still don't feel good about the way it ended. No matter who you no. are, no matter how the Rams don't feel good. The Saints no. don't feel good. I mean, obviously the Chiefs don't feel, and they had great seasons. I remember thinking, well, you know, after this is over, if the Patriots win, you know, the Rams will feel good. You know, they got there for the first time since 99. Nope. They got to go. After what happened and how it went down mm-hmm. and the fact that it was a winnable game where you mm-hmm. just had to score 14 points, 
I guarantee they're feeling like this is the biggest missed opportunity of all time for them. So they're feeling even worse than I would expect. 31 to 30, they would feel like it was a big missed opportunity because of, you know, in that kind of game, you're like, well, if we had only done this or that, like the Texans against Philadelphia, one stop, and, you know, maybe something plays out differently, and who knows how that's going to go. I I watched that game a little bit the other day. We were doing Mm. film room, and so we had a couple of the the plays that I picked. One was the first third and 11 where Deshaun shook off everybody and then hit Jordan Akins, and then the other one was Vincent Smith. And I'm just watching those plays, and I'm remembering that day. And I just the one thing that stands out to me was Vincent had to go down a kickoff team right afterwards. Right. And so when he comes back for kickoff team, I saw him, and I just gave him this big hug. And, you know, Vincent doesn't say a whole lot, but he had this smile on his face, and he just was like he was almost kind of laughing, chuckling, mm. like, oh, my God. And I thought, this is going to be the greatest moment of his life. And then, of course, Foles goes down and gets yeah, the win. Yeah, but who made the stop? Because did the Texans kick it to the one and bait the return? Yeah, they baited the, the return and got him at about the 8 to 10-yard line. Stop? Do you remember? I can't remember. That was a big special teams play. But the special Whoever teams played so well. Drew and I were talking about this. I mean, you got him at the 10 right there. I know. I, know. I mean, Cal, See, Cal this is up. what happens Sorry. about that Sorry. Eagles game. Yeah. Think about... The, the, mm. the domino effect of that Eagles game if it goes the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, so that's a lot teams. of teams, I know, but that's this team story. Johnny, thanks a lot. You got it, Mark. Thank All you. All right, Houston Sports Awards. We'll talk about it tomorrow, I would imagine, and you know they will on Sports Radio 610. Hey, thanks a lot for those guys for uh, the setup tonight as we dropped in, did the program here tonight. Tomorrow night, John McClain, our special guest on Texans All Access at 6 p.m. as it is five nights a week. Go to HoustonTexans.com for the Bill O'Brien podcast on the coaching changes Check that out. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, George. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you all. Have a great night and go Texans. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com.